Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Take your, take your, hymn, your hymnals. Wow. Spoken like a true song leader. Uh, take, take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to read beginning in verse number 25. Verse number 25. We are a very needy people, and you understand that we live in some unusual times. Uh, these are, uh, if I've heard the word inflation once, I've heard it a thousand times. You're kind of sick of that word after a while, you know. Uh, if you listen to talk radio, they are trained to prey on your fears. Uh, you will be an emotional roller coaster after uh, just a few minutes. Uh, words like chaos and words, words like horrible and words like tragedy and words like uh, uh, inflation. And, uh, and so it, it, can put, it can push all your buttons if you're not careful, all the wrong buttons, and, and give you a sense of um, worry, fear, dread, doubt. Okay? Now, that's, a wrong, that's the wrong place for a Christian to live. And so I want to help us all, and the title of the sermon tonight is simply this, God will take care of you. He will take care of you. Look at verse number 25. Jesus speaking, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? That's, that's, I love it when he makes a point by asking a question. He lets us come to the conclusion, doesn't he? Are ye not better than they? What's the answer? Yes, you are better than the flowers and the sparrows. But look at verse number 27. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and toil not, neither do they spin. I'll invite you to do this uh, sometime. It's uh, one of East Texas' best-kept secrets. And there is a daffodil farm about uh, 15 miles from here. It's out past Gladewater on Highway 271. Anybody remember the name of it? Is it Mary's? Lee's. Okay, Mrs. Lee's Daffodil Farm. Look it up. And if they're open this year, they're probably going to open here just in a few weeks. Uh, Go out there and look at the millions upon millions of rolling acres of daffodils. You say, in East Texas? Yeah, (laughs) about 15 minutes that way. Uh, Go out there and look at it. You can drive your car through there if they don't close it down due to the uh, wet roads, but millions of of daffodils. You'll look as far as you can just see. It's just beautiful. They're not worried. They're not stressed. You'll go out there and you'll look at those flowers and you'll tell yourself, God can take care of me. The Bible says that these flowers are, have, have more intricate detail than Solomon's temple. 
Look at verse number 29. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more, much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought, and here he says it again, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And let's pray. Lord, we ask that you bless the preaching of your word. Lord, as we take just a few moments and share a few thoughts, I pray that we'd strengthen our faith. Lord, as we know, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And Lord, as we hear the Bible today, uh, help our faith to be strengthened. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I don't think tonight you're going to hear anything new. Okay. I think tonight you're just going to hear reminders. You're going to hear uh, things that uh, you're that you're gonna say. Well, you know what? I knew that. I knew that, but I just needed to be reminded of that. I was in my car about two weeks ago. I was on my way to church on a Sunday morning, and my son Josh looks over at me and he says, "Dad, can you hand me the lint roller that's in the uh, in the side door of the of the vehicle?" And so I handed him this lint roller, and I, you know, I'm driving. I hand it to him, and he's got this lint roller, and he's taking care of the lint. You know what I'm talking about? It's the handle. Right, it's got the cylinder, it's got tape facing out so that you can collect lint. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, so he's using that lint roller. And I thought to myself, um, you know, good job, and he's using it just fine. And then he, he, looks, he, he looks down and he says, man, this thing is wearing out. And he does something that absolutely blew my mind. He reaches down and he takes the, 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 the tape, evidently there's tape, Right, and he peels back the outer layer, and I almost pulled the car over. I what? I am 42 years of age. I never knew you could peel off the outer layer of a lint roller. Where have I been? I am I buying these cheap lint rollers that don't have the outer? I was like, are how many lint rollers did I throw away that just had the outer layer? <laughs> And, and, uh, and there was 50 layers deep I could have gone. That, is, that was absolutely ridiculous to me. And I just had a moment there of John Robinson, I cannot believe. And Josh was like, oh, yeah, they all do that. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. You know, just when you think, just when you think, oh, yeah, yeah, well, it's all tapped out. That's all there is to know about the Bible. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, God and his promise is sure, right, right? And every now and then you just need someone to go, hey, but there's a fresh one that maybe you haven't seen in a while. And you kind of get cleaned up in that, amen? And so my little humor at my expense, but uh, let's just unpack a few of God's promises, all right? Turn to Philippians chapter, um, Philippians chapter 4, if you would. Philippians chapter 4. You know, you are as safe as the promises of God. You are secure as the promises of God. And I want to read a few things that will help strengthen your faith in Philippians chapter 4. 
Turn there if you would, and let's read in verse number, verse number 6. Can we do that? Philippians 4, verse 6. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. Uh, am I reading that right? I'm in the wrong book. I'm in Hebrews, folks. Peel it back a few layers. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Fresh promises coming right up. If I can find Philippians. All right. All right. Verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And herein lies the trouble, right? Because we think on our problems. We think on the the bills that we have, the, the heartaches that we have, the financial crisis that we feel like we're in, the debt that we have, the, uh, the people that everybody wants a slice of you, you know? Uh, everybody wants a piece of you. Every, you go to the grocery store, what's the going cr- uh, cost for a dozen eggs these days? It's ridiculous, right? Uh, national average for a gallon of gas, I think, is about three ninety-eight. I don't think it's that in East Texas, but uh, gas is high. Uh, grocers are high. You've heard the inflation word, and we can focus on all of the problems. And God is saying, don't dwell on that. Get your eyes on me. I love this song couldn't have been more appropriate. In the middle of my storm, get, my, get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes up here. Because we are commanded to be careful for nothing. Now, young people, it's not saying don't be careful. It means don't be careful. Well, what are you talking about? The word there is don't be anxious. Don't fret. Don't worry. Be the lily. Be the sparrow who's not taking any thought, who's not occupied in their mind with with worry or fear. Now, fear is a real thing, and it latches itself onto all of us, and especially in times of financial crisis or pinch points, you can go, as Brother Meave mentioned in his message, where's God? Well, he's very present help in time of trouble. Take no thought for tomorrow. God knows your needs. If you could go back to Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 6, if you would. Matthew 6, and I saved my spot, so I, I'm going to be there before you and get my time back. How about that? Verse number 6, um, verse number 32. Chapter 6, verse 32. Verse 31. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? All these questions... The focus on the temporal. Look at verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father, knoweth that ye have need of all of these things. So it's very simple to say, but God knows your needs. Can I just put that out there? He knows where you're at. He absolutely knows the burdens that you're carrying financially, Things that you are facing that are, in your mind, too big for you, he knows what those are. And he is saying that as a heavenly father, 
that he's able to take care of those things. Don't you love the way God positions himself? He could have just remained our creator, but he chose to be our heavenly father. Now you understand, fathers, that if you have children, you have an obligation. Let me say that again. If you are a father, you have an obligation to your children. All right, it's a lot more than just what the state of Texas says. It's what the word of God says. You have an obligation. Now, now, if God is our heavenly father and he's the perfect heavenly father, don't you know that he will not shortchange you or leave his children unprovided for? And he's saying you, you, you can be so secure in this that you can seek my kingdom and I'll take care of you. Look at verse number 33. Be, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So he's saying get your focus off of what you need. And literally he's saying focus on my kingdom serving me, and I will take care of you on the journey. You will, re you will never regret, you will never regret trusting the Lord, putting your faith in him with your finances. You never will. Amen. You never will. I'll share this story. I don't think I've shared it here. Uh, but I had a crossroads in this area uh, as a young married man. And I by the grace of God, feel like at that point in my life, I made the right decision. I have not always made the right decision, and even afterwards, sometimes I've made the wrong decision. But in this particular instance, uh, I had a, uh, a, a conundrum, a choice between, uh, very literally, uh, God's kingdom or my own personal wealth. And it was very real for us as a married couple uh, because some different job situations that I, were, that I was being offered were very lucrative. Now, I will say this. If you're uh, not in full-time Christian service, <laughs> do not think that uh, only those that are in full-time Christian service are serving the Lord with their lives. So that's, that's a bunch of bunk, okay? Uh, and uh, Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever ye do, Amen. do heartily. Amen as to the Lord and not unto men. And you can serve the Lord with your life uh, regardless of whether you are in full-time ministry position. But at that point, for John Robinson, I knew that my calling was ministry. I knew it was. I absolutely knew it was. And yet I had lucrative offers on the table to completely change the course of my life. And I chose... I'll just tell you, folks, you want full transparency? I would, this, Mrs. Ayers, you'll appreciate this. This is special, and so I'll share it with you. I worked for a company called Fleetwood building travel trailers. And some of you know what I'm talking about on an assembly line. I was fresh out of Bible college, had just bought a house. We had a little baby on the way, and I was working um, in manufacturing uh, in an assembly line. Uh, making product as fast as I could. Sound familiar? <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, so we were, we were manufacturing, and I received an announcement one day. Uh, the boss uh, kind of sent out a memo and said, um, those of you that are uh, at work today, we want to let you know that at the end of the day today, 100 of, of you are going to be uh, without a job. You're going to be let go, and we're going to do it strictly by seniority. All right, so I had been there about a year at that time, and I went around asking this guy, hey, man, how long you been here? <laughs> he said, 15 years. Oh, no. I mean, how, how long you been here? 20 years. I thought, uh, 
I'm out. And sure enough, they, they read the list, and my name was on the list, and I had to go back home that day and told my wife, I don't know how to tell you this, Amy, but I do not have a job. We had just bought a house, little daughter on the way. Maybe she had just been born. Uh, no job. And uh, I picked up some odds and ends uh, work in the meantime uh, with some of you here. And, uh, and you, if you were hiring me during that time, thank you for that time in my life. I very much appreciate that. But I knew that my calling was ministry. I knew it was. And an offer was kind of extended to me here at the church. Uh, but it was in the church maintenance department. And it was part-time. Uh, literally, it was custodial work and cleaning toilets and mowing grass and doing things of that nature uh, part-time, part-time, 20 hours a week, very part-time. And I thought to myself, with a new wife and a new baby on the way and a new house, everything was new, <laughs> and now this new challenge, right? And I thought, how in the world am I going to say yes to even being able to, I can't go work at the church for that amount, and, and, and that number of hours. I said if I accepted the part-time job then during the day, I'd have to say no to all these other jobs. And I had a, a nice offer on the table for, a, uh, for a, uh, working at an air conditioning company um, as an expediter of um, uh, air conditioner sales with an office. And that job was already promised to me if I would take it. Uh, but the problem was it was 8 to 4. Right, And so I couldn't say yes to working at the church and say yes to this job. And I really felt like working at the church was, was um, a step in the direction of ministry. And Lord, what would you have me to do? And this, this quandary. And bless, the, bless my wife, who I, I put this question to her. And I sat in the parking lot over here in our vehicle, in our little Dodge Stratus, and over here at the Super One parking lot. And I said, Amy, what do you think? We've got... We've got working at the church, and we've got a full-time air-conditioned job. Now, I can go find something else because this is only 20 hours a week, but I'll have to get more. I'll have to get more than 20 hours a week. And, uh, and we decided, you know what, we're just going to step out by faith and do that. I came in and, uh, and, and met with the staff the next morning, and I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. John, i got to let you know that late last night, the idea of you working full-time here was presented, and we want to know if you'll work full-time. Praise the Lord. I get to work at the church full-time. And I came back home to my wife, and, and there were tears of just, uh, just you're, you're going to be able to work at the church full-time? Yes, full-time. And uh, from there, I had many different job descriptions, but uh, it's been a long but a good, fulfilling journey. God has met every need he has. Now, for me, my calling is ministry. If you're in a secular job, brother, that's your ministry, amen? And know this, that God, is gonna, God will meet your needs. When has he not? When has he not? In fact, that's one of the things that, uh, that provoked the Lord to anger with the Israelites, that you wouldn't remember. You People stop remembering. You just don't remember how good I was at the Red Sea and how I brought you out of Egypt and how I fed you in the wilderness and how you came to the Red Sea and, and how you, you, you crossed on dry ground and how I took care of the Egyptian problem. And if you read in uh, Exodus chapter 14 the story of the, uh, the pilgrims, <laughs> they were, uh, but, the, uh, but the Israelites crossing, uh, into, uh, uh, crossing the Red Sea, you know, that had to... That, 
that had to look like a hard situation that the Lord was leading them into. In fact, I saved, um, I'll, I'll read it later, I don't have time, but if, if you read Exodus chapter 14, he, he very specifically directed them into a very tight spot. You realize that? I think the name of the mountain is Baal Pishon. Okay? There's, a, there's, a, there's a plain there leading up to that area of the Red Sea very sandy area with a high place on one side and a high place on the other. And there's an inlet that leads to a sandy area and it runs right into the Dead Sea. And, I'm sorry, the Red Sea. And, and the Israelites, uh, the Egyptians rather, were coming up right behind them and the Israelites had every reason to think, uh, Lord, you, you've led us to our death. This is, uh, in fact, they voiced complaint uh, and they, for a moment there, they lost faith in the Lord. They, be, they began to look at their circumstances all around them, and they literally were saying we're in a very tight place. Uh, I watched a documentary on the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. Fascinating. You can find it out there. I'm sure it's out there. But uh, they have uh, taken submersibles uh, into the Red Sea in the area uh, that they feel would be a suitable crossing for a large number of people. In fact, uh, they've done typography studies below the surface of the Red Sea. And the Red Sea, folks, that, that area where the Israelites crossed is, without the water, is a canyon like the Grand Canyon. I mean, it's a gorge where you just step off the edge and you're going down. Into, if, the, if the water was gone, it is a deep canyon that you just, don't just walk across it, except in one place, in that plain with Baal Pishon or whatever the name of that mountain is. And that's the place where under, as, 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 the, as, the, as the shore extends out into the gorge, there is a plateau that runs all the way across, uh, just under the water, all the way across, you know, at, at some depth, but still all the way across the Red Sea with a drop off into deep water on either side. And there was a place that even though God was leading them into a tight time, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly how he was going to come through for them. And can I say it again? God will take care of you. When it seemed helpless, it's not. The, help, the situation is as helpless as God is. And that's not helpless at all, folks. So, so know that when time gets tough, he really is there in the middle of my storm. Amen? He really is. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. And we'll end with this thought, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Short service tonight, but I think we'll be okay. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. I can't think of a better few verses to read going into a missions conference. But I know the subject of giving has come up already this evening, and it will continue to come up as we get into missions conference. This is a, a specific kind of giving. Uh, where Paul was uh, literally uh, talking about collecting monies uh, or, or gifts for, uh, for himself as a missionary. He knew he would be coming to town. And he was writing ahead to the Corinthians, and he says in verse number 7, Every man according as he purposeth, uh, purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, 
nor of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Okay? So he's saying, now determine how much you're going to give. Now, have we heard that already? Yes, we have. Determine how much you're going to give. Look at verse number 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency, now let's count the word all. Can we, have, can we do that? That ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Okay, if you take the always and the every in there, okay, and the two alls, you kind of get the idea that God is able to do it all, to just take care of you. And to make you able to abound into every good work. And so, you are as helpless as your heavenly Father. And he has promised to supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Don't doubt his provision when times get hard. Trust that he will meet your needs. Get your eyes up where your heavenly father wants your eyes to be on him in faith and trusting in him. Remember the devil is, is about doubt, fear, and worry. And remember the Bible says that God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He doesn't want us to be afraid. He said, fear not, my little flock. That's us. Don't be afraid. Trust. God will take care of you. I'll close with this thought. If you had a child who came to you, dad, mom, that child said, how about the mortgage this month, dad? You going to make it, dad? How about it, mom? Are we going to have supper tonight? You got anything planned, mom? Starting to wonder if you're going to get supper together, Mom. Hungry, haven't had anything. Don't know if I'm going to get anything. Are you even making supper for me tonight, Mom? <laughs> hey, Dad, about that, how about that mortgage? You think I'm going to have a place to live? You'd go, kid, that's not even your world. Stay out of my world. <laughs> right? Squish. <laughs> All right. That's my job, <laughs> to take care of you. You don't have to worry about those things. Simply do what I'm telling you to do. Get out of bed, read your Bible, brush your teeth, put your clothes on, have your breakfast, go to school, don't be late, don't talk in school, don't be late, don't talk in school, all right? <laughs> Make good grades, uh, meet the car on time, come back home, keep your mouth closed, your corners of your mouth up, all right? And uh, don't, don't complain, have a good attitude, uh, love your brothers, love your sisters, do what you're supposed to do as my child, but don't worry about the mortgage, please. Because I'm your father and I'll take care of that. What are we supposed to do? Go about our father's business. Work hard, do right, love each other, occupy till he comes. Uh, I'm not saying don't don't work. I'm, I'm not saying don't invest I'm, because that's a commandment. He, he told us to work. He told us to, to everything we do, do heartily as to the Lord, but stop worrying and stop living in fear because your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of such things and he's promised to meet your needs. Now, there are big needs represented in this room, but there's no need 
greater than your need for Him. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's Word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.